This is a podcast brought to you by The Stress Times and The Business Times. Welcome to Health Check, a podcast series by The Straits Times where we tackle health tips and the impact of national policies with expert guests. I'm Joyce Teo and my co-host is Ernest Luis. Today we have with us here the Medical Director and Consultant Medical Oncologist at the Cancer Centre, Dr. Wong Sing Wing. He's here to talk about alternative therapies in cancer treatment. Hi, Dr. Wong. Hi, Joyce. Hi, Ernest. Hi, Dr. Wong. Hi. So can we start with this myth that I've heard people talking about, the use of soursop to treat cancer? Yes. In fact, some of my patients have asked me that because there are stories circulating that there are substances inside soursop, the fruit, the leaf, the stem, and potentially even the root that can actually cure cancer or stop cancer from progressing. This data is way, way too premature for us to adopt as a day-to-day recommendation because currently the scientific data is based on what we call cell culture. In other words, in the laboratory, you can actually grow cancer cells for experiments and they can extract certain molecules, certain substances from, say, soursop. You can add it to the cell culture and see whether it stops cancer cells from growing. But even if you prove that that is true, it doesn't imply that in the human system it will work. There are many, many molecules that have been tested in cell cultures that appear to have an anti-cancer effect that eventually does not translate to any useful treatment. Because thereafter, there are many steps after cell culture. If you're fairly confident of the results, you have to try it out on small animal models like laboratory mice. After that, you have to try it on larger animals because the biological system is different, maybe on monkeys, chimpanzees, or pigs, before you go on to human subject. In fact, most of these initial laboratory molecules that appear to be promising eventually flops. So we have very, very little data. And what really worries me is that there's actually a potential harm from taking large quantity of soursop or soursop-derived substances because there are certain substances in soursop that can cross into the brain and cause nerve damage. Yeah, the substance is quite a mouthful. It's called benzyl tetrahydroisoquinoline alkaloids. Okay. It's a mouthful. <laughs> yes. And this substance has been reported to be harmful in a major medical journal called the Lancet. They did a study in the Caribbean, in the French East Indies, where there's a habit of eating soursop or soursop-derived mm. substances regularly. And they noticed that for some people, they develop symptoms as if they are suffering from Parkinson's disease. They call it atypical Parkinsonism. What mm. happens is that these substances damage a part of the brain. Again, another jargon term for it is supranuclear palsy. And their limbs become very rigid. Very stiff. So this affects their walking, their gait, and their balance. Because to be able to walk properly, maintain your balance, you need a bit of suppleness in your limbs. If they become very rigid, Mm. then you have all these difficulties. So it is potentially damaging. Right. But how much is too much then? That's the problem, Joyce, because we don't know how much is too much. And it's not just in patients, in their weakened constitution, in their, mm-hmm. because of the medical condition that this harm demonstrates itself, even in relatively healthy people, it has been demonstrated that regular intake of such soursop substances may potentially produce brain injury. It's a good thing that you're here to help clear this up because I have a couple of uncle friends and all that, and even I've heard that 
conversations between uh, mostly senior citizens at coffee shops. They keep telling each other, eat soursop, definitely will cure you of cancer or even prevent cancer. So it's good that you're here to explain this further. Yes, and one of the most invoked story about using diet to control cancer is the ketogenic diet. Mm. So Ernest, I'm not sure whether you have come across this. I definitely never heard this. All I heard was soursop all the way. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay, but before we get on to that, if you like what you're hearing so far, do subscribe to our series Health Check on Apple's iTunes or Google Podcasts or even on Spotify and like us and give us a rating. Now back to our conversation with the medical director and consultant medical oncologist at the Cancer Centre, Dr. Wong Sengwing. So you were telling us about the keto diet? Yes, the ketogenic diet is a diet that some people believe can selectively starve cancer cells to death and not the normal cells to death. Now, the principle is based on this. All cells of the body, normal cells and cancer cells, they need a source of fuel, a source of energy. And all cells can make use of sugar, glucose. But sometimes glucose may not be adequate, for example, in a situation where the person is not eating, not starving and burning the reserve, and the reserve is in the form of fat. The fuel that is released is ketones. So when fat is broken down, it produces very little glucose. It produces mostly ketones. And these ketones molecules can be used by cells as a source of energy as well, as a fuel. However, because cancer cells have certain mutation, it causes their metabolism to be altered. They are less able to burn ketones and are more dependent on glucose as a source of energy. Whereas normal cells can use both fuel sources. They can use glucose, they can use ketones. So the theory is that if you deprive the body of glucose Mm. and stuff it mostly with ketones, and the normal cells will be happily using the ketones as the energy source, while the cancer cells will be struggling and starving because they have no glucose, Mm. because they are so addicted to using glucose. So that is the scientific concept behind it. And how do you stuff your body with ketones then? (laughs) And and it's misguided, you're saying. That's right. So what people do is that they avoid carbohydrates because carbohydrates, once digested, becomes glucose. In other words, anything starchy. It can be bread, pasta, rice, noodles, all this will become glucose. And they replace it with a high-fat diet. So eating very fatty food and avoiding carbohydrates in order for the body to produce a lot of ketones and lower the sugar level in the blood. That's what they do. And it is not completely without basis because there are animal models that has demonstrated that such a high-fat, low-carbohydrate diet causing the body to produce ketones seems to be able to slow down the rate of growth of certain cancers in laboratory mice models. And in particular, they noticed that a particular type of brain cancer that originates from the brain called glioblastoma multiforme. The growth seems to slow down Mm. when the laboratory animals are given a ketogenic diet. It's not entirely consistent though. And they have done experiments to show that not all tumours behave the same way. So in all these laboratory animals, certain type of brain cancer seems to slow down. But they don't see that in the model for breast cancer. And certainly they don't see it in kidney cancer. In fact, there was reports that in certain type of kidney cancers in mice model, 
it grew faster. Yep. So I would say that the data is somewhat inconclusive and conflicting. Right. So does it work for certain cancers if they are at a late stage, perhaps? Oh, we can't say that for sure. We must bear in mind that the mice biological model is much less complex than the human body. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Joyce, if we had to, in fact. Scientists now have the ability to cure all laboratory mice of cancer, however advanced. That's right. So really, for a patient, if we can convert the patient into a mice, we can cure the patient and convert the patient back to a human. But we don't have the ability because the human system is a lot more complex. And the human studies so far are conflicting. They are usually case reports, anecdotal reports, which you really cannot put all your your money on. Mm -hmm. Or if there are studies... It's just a very small study with very, very few patients. There are some reports that it might be beneficial in certain cancers, uh, maybe even lung cancer, So, right. but inconclusive. And I need to caution the audience that a ketogenic diet is not risk-free. Mm. There are people who try a ketogenic diet, high-fat, low-carbohydrates, and damage their livers. Wow. Right. It can cause liver problems. Right. So um, briefly, what is the best diet then for people who are undergoing cancer treatment? Actually, they can take a balanced diet. And the stories about certain type of food making the cancer growing faster or slower, most of it is not scientific. Perhaps in colorectal cancer, there's some data to show that red meat ingestion uh, might lead to shortened survival. But when we analyze some of this data, most of the red meat ingestion was taken before the diagnosis of the colon cancer anyway. So if you are, you know, stick lover your whole life and then after your diagnosis of colon cancer, you turn vegetarian, it's questionable whether that would be very, very helpful. There is a little bit of data that suggests that it may still help, but the impact will probably not be spectacular. Right. On, in breast cancer, on the other hand, there is quite, consist, quite a consistent finding that a high-fat, low-fiber diet with a lack of exercise, it leads to higher risk of relapse. It may have something to do with the body mass index. In other words, it has something to do with obesity. A woman with breast who survived breast cancer during the first round of treatment, if they put on excessive amount of weight, their relapse mm-hmm. rate might be higher because mm-hmm. we have a biological explanation for that. The fat tissue in women will produce female hormones, and we know female hormones can stimulate breast cancer cells to grow, so it's biologically plausible. Right. Thank you, Dr. Wong. He is the medical director and consultant medical oncologist at the Cancer Centre, Dr. Wong Sing Wing. Well, that's a wrap for Health Check. We hope you like these latest healthy living tips. And do subscribe to Health Check on Apple's iTunes or Google Podcasts or even on Spotify. And like us and give us a rating. If you have other issues that you want to feedback us on, email podcast at sph.com.sg. That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg.